Funk Son and Anas. I am back. I'm in Venice, California, and we are doing episode three of Funk Son and Anas '87. And I got my man John Savage coming in under the radar, and we are rolling, baby. My man John, he is sitting right across from me. How you feeling, John? I'm feeling good, and I'm glad to be back here. And well, I'm glad you're back here, my man. My man. All right. Well, the title of the third episode is We Need More Freds and Less Collins. You know, a couple of days after John did episode two of FS87. He sent me a text and started giving me some ideas on what we could do for the next show. And I really like what what he shared. I said, man, you just go with it. You just bring it. And I'm just going to sit back. I'm going to bring the funk. And I'm going to bring the word. And you just bring what you need to share. And have at it. All right. Thank you, Funk Son Ananias. Well, the other day I was scoping the news and I came across an article that interests me. And this article was about a high school football player from Mississippi. Because of COVID-19, he is missing his senior year. And this article was written by someone in NBC. And I'm not sure exactly when the date was. And the whole point of this article was that, well, the long term of this NBC article is that they're trying to make COVID-19 in a racial issue as a way to attack President Trump. I mean, NBC is no different than all the other left-wing media. These communist bunchies have an objective. That is to destroy the United States. The United States is a last piece that's standing in the way from a worldwide totalitarian regime. It's a kind of regime that Hillary Clinton dreams about at night. I mean, she did say that she has a dream that the United States would look like North Korea. And so that this article that supposedly supposedly about a high school senior that will miss an opportunity to play at college because football is canceled in his area. And so I when I read this article and I already knew what this article was going to be about. But anyways, I tagged along the ride. I rode along, and I, yeah, it turned out the way I expected it to be. You know, it's 
a left-wing think tank, basically. You know, the left wing has this mentality that as long as we keep poor and dumb people needing us, then we're all good. Now, this football player, I'm going to refer to him as Bubba. Bubba is a senior out of Forest Hill High School in Jackson, Mississippi. And he has a goal to use football to get a Division Three scholarship. And he and others feel that football is a way out of poverty. So basically, he's going down the road of total destruction. Just so that he thinks he can get out of poverty. But as you find more about him, you're going to reach a conclusion that even if this guy went to the NFL, he is just going to end up back in the poverty line. Yes, he is just going to end up back in the poverty line. Yet this time, his body's going to be smashed and his brain's going to be turned to mush. I mean, no, make no mistake about it. If you want to get your brain smashed, then the NFL is the way to go. I mean, have you seen all the former players that tried to announce a game? I mean, they could barely make a sentence. I mean, with all the brain damage, concussions, I mean, the words are slurring. Thank God that they have a producer that could whisper words into their ears. So all they have to do is listen and speak. You know, kids are taught with the mentality that, you know, there's a song. You got to be somebody. And they think that being somebody means that you have to be on a screen you have to be a professional athlete or a celebrity and you have to present all this bling 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 in front of everybody and people feel that you are somebody just because you represent pop culture and that's not true you know and i feel bad for this kid bubba i don't know who he is all I know is that he is being used like a piece of meat. And when he can no longer be a means to them, then they're just going to kick him to the curve. Now, to see what I mean, let's look at his environment. Like I've already mentioned, Bubba is a senior out of Forest Hill High School in Jackson, Mississippi. Jackson, Mississippi is one of the poorest areas in Mississippi with 27% in poverty. You know, that place is so poor that the kids have to rely on public school just to eat lunch. When it comes to academics, Bubba's district is at the overall grade D which means they are below average. When it comes to math proficiency, 
his high school is in the single digits. Now, what does that tell us? What that tells us is that Bubba does not even know numbers. So I could give him a dollar and he would have no idea how much he's getting paid. I mean, I don't mean to sound mean or judgmental, but when you look at their school that can barely do any math whatsoever, I mean, he is a greaseball's he is a greaseball's dream, you know. And greaseball are referred to as these sports agents that are just like ticks, you know. They will suck the life out of this kid and leave him dry. You know, an agent's probably looking at him and says, man, this kid goes to the NFL. Man, I could really take advantage of this guy. Just like the coaches that are around him. Now, with a combination of poor education and poverty, this tells me two things about Bubba's area and one that I guessed the city is run by a democrat all you gotta do is go google type up Jackson Mississippi mayor and you'll see that it's run by a democrat second thing children are not even being raised by a parent you know so Bubba is being raised in a poor environment and their false doctrine has given him this mentality that you could be anybody or anything that you want to be. And they either have a video or a poster of some football player. And he's got that image that says, okay, I guess I could go play football if I want to get out of poverty. You know, well, how about learning what two plus two is? Two plus two equals four. Or how about learning your ABCs? Or how about learning how to formulate a sentence? Or even learning how to complete a thought? Or learning how to think for yourself instead of just being another Frankenstein, you know? And that's all Bubba is. He's just going to be another Frankenstein. They're going to tell him, go run, go catch the football. And by the time football is done with him, his knees will be shot. I mean, his brain is going to be turned into mush and he'll be right back at the poverty line in Jackson, Mississippi. He might be there within five or ten years from now. Now, people that listen to this, they probably say, Oh, you sound such like a hater. Oh, you're so jealous. <laughs> While they're sucking on coke and dying of type 2 diabetes. Listen, I wish I could be along Bubba's side. And I could tell you, listen, this is what your future is going to be. If you make it to the NFL and you could barely read numbers and you think in college that they're going to help you learn, no. I mean, the NCAA is the modern day of slavery, you know, when it comes to athletes. They just need the athletes to bring in the money. They don't care about if the athletes learn anything or not. They're just going to be indoctrinated with left-wing thinking. So when they fail... They could blame the white man. Or, you know, even if you're white, 
they'll still blame the white man. I mean, the left has got these young kids' minds twisted. I mean, it's like watching a mouse. It's like watching a cat playing with a mouse. Now, you know, going back to being along the side of Bubba, you know, I wish I could pull Bubba to the side. Um, he's a big guy, you know. In fact, I'd probably say, hey, listen, you know what if I buy you lunch, buy you dinner or something, eat as much as you want and sit down. I'm going to give you some advice. Listen, all the people that are around you are no good. Now, they may seem like your friend, but when you no longer can bring in money for them or pay them later on, they will kick you to the curb and you're going to be left with nobody. Your brain's going to be mush and you're going to be a lot of pain. Remember these words. Now, the chances of you being a successful athlete and a professional is slim. It's slim. And it has nothing to do with who you are, and it has nothing to do with your abilities. It's just the nature of competition. I mean, you could do everything you can. You could work hard. You could do all the drills. You could do all the check marks and still not make it. Now, have you ever asked the question of, like, then what? What are you going to do now? You might want to ask yourself that, you know. Now... You need to learn some basic skills. You need to learn how to read, write, math. You need these basic skills. These are basic building blocks that will help you get to one place to another. Now, you're into athletes. Are you familiar with Ronnie Coleman? Do you know who he is? Not yet. Okay, yes or no? Ronnie Coleman is probably one of the most dominant bodybuilders of all time now before he got into bodybuilding he went to a well known university he became an accountant now there weren't doors that were open right away now this guy was super smart so he became a police officer you know he had skills that was able to get him a job he had basic skills that provided him opportunities where he might not have gotten any and that eventually led him to becoming a Mr. Olympia. Now, I'm not saying that, hey, you're going to learn these basic skills and you're going to become a celebrity. No, I'm not saying that at all. But if you have basic skills and you're able to multiply those skills, you're going to have more opportunity. Believe me, you're going to have more opportunity. Your brain's going to wake up and you're going to realize, say, hey, I don't have to be in this environment, you know, I can make changes. I can get away and I can make a better life of myself. I mean, look at Oprah. Have you heard of Frederick Douglass? You should go read about Frederick Douglass. You know, that man was way ahead of his time. You know, this guy, you know, you know, in the mid 1860s was when slavery ended. Well, Frederick Douglass gained his freedom way before that. Why? You know, he was fortunate enough to have a lady begin teaching him. And he was able to learn fundamentals like ABCs. He started being able to read. And that he started teaching others how to read. 
And then his mind got to thinking. He started seeing beyond his circumstances, and he knew where he wanted to go. Now, there's no football, and there's really no celebrities like we see now. The kind of celebrities that was around in his time were orators. Oh, what's orators? Glad you asked. Orators are people that have the ability to speak. They have such ability to speak that they gain people's attention. Long before there was radio, I mean TV, these people were the ones that people would listen to. I mean, if they were living today, these orators would be like really well-known lawyers. They would have been senators and possibly U.S. presidents, you know. And it goes back, Frederick Douglass had basic skills that he was able to develop while he was a slave. And he actually beat the man that tried to whip him. He wrestled the man that tried to whip him. Now, you know, Funk Son, this is the kind of conversation I would have with Bubba, you know. Who knows? Maybe there's someone that's like him that's listening and maybe he could wake up too. Yeah, yeah, I I dig what you're saying, you know. You got so many kids, you know, they're not wanting to be educated and they're always blaming their environment, you know. They're blaming their circumstances. Yeah, we all had setbacks. We all have obstacles that we have to go through. But you know what makes a winner, man? No, what makes a winner, Funk, son? A winner is a man that just keeps on going forward. No matter what, you know, he just keeps going forward. And no matter what's put in front of him, he just keeps moving forward. I agree, you know. You just have to keep moving forward and you got to trust in God, right? That's right. You just got to trust God. he give you the strength and he provide you the way. You know, Joshua and Caleb, they saw the promised land even when they were spying out. And all the others didn't think that they could get in. But Joshua and Caleb, they trusted God. They knew that they could overcome. And they overcame the walls of Jericho and all the other people that were in their land. And Joshua and Caleb, they received the promised land. And we inherit the promised land through the blood of Jesus. Can I get amen? Amen, funk son. Well, going back to Bubba, you know, he and others have been raised with a false doctrine. They think that the only way they could get out of poverty is by being a famous athlete or a famous celebrity. Well, the path that Bubba is on, like I said, even if he made it to the professional level and he got the multi-million dollar contract like Colin... I mean, do you think with his education and his intelligence that money is going to be around or even more of it is going to be around when he's done? No. I mean, he's just going to be like any other dumb jock, you know. He's going to end up bankrupt and all the people that help him will be long gone after they've taken all of his money and he's going to be at the end of a poverty line. With busted kneecaps, a broken back, and a broken neck, and mush for brain. Now, like I said, people may listen and say, you know what? Oh, you're still, you judge so harshly. Listen, the NFL is known for CTE, you know, concussions, brain damage, you know. And I promise you, because of Bubba's environment, and him receiving false doctrine, 
he's going to end up at the end of the poverty line. Now, from talking about Bubba, you know, we will compare Frederick Douglass with Colin Kilpatrick so that you can see why we need more Freds and less Collins. And in the next segment, we'll look more at Frederick Douglass on FSA 87. I look forward to speaking to you in the next segment. Life with Frederick Douglass, I am reading information of Colin Kirkpatrick off of Wikipedia. And so I'm not really going into thorough detail to answer the questions of why and how, but I'm more going off what he did. And when I'm comparing Frederick Douglass with Colin Kirkpatrick, I want to be able to offer as much as an objective perspective without going too far to the left or too far to the right. Now, when I'm reading about Colin Kaepernick, oh, sorry, I mispronounced it. It's Colin Kaepernick, not Colin Kaepernick. Where did I get Colin Kaepernick from? I'm reading about Colin Kaepernick. And I have to say that it's a very interesting reading because I never knew that while in college that he was a 4.0 student and that he also played in other sports that he was really good at, like in baseball and basketball. So him playing football and being able to play baseball, and I think I've already mentioned football, it shows that he was a good college athlete and it seemed that once he began become a starting NFL quarterback was in 2012 or 2013 that he made a lot of progress in the NFL because as I'm reading about his career it was like what in 2014 where he signed a big contract where it was around let me pull that up really quick I'm scrolling down and I'm Looking at, let's see if I can find it quickly, 2012 season, and let's see, 2000, no, 2014, yeah. In 2014 season, on June 4th, Kaepernick signed a six-year contract extension with the 49ers worth up to $126 million, and including $54 million in potential guaranteed 
and 13 million fully guaranteed. And I think this was after the yeah, this was after he guided his team to the Super Bowl. His team, the 49ers, have not been in the Super Bowl for quite some time, and he was able to do it. And then I guess after the contract is when problems really began to show. Like in the following season, on September 17th, Kaepernick was fined by the NFL for using inappropriate language on the field. On October 9th, he was fined $10,000 by the NFL for appearing at a post-game conference wearing headphones from Beats by Dr. Dre. Sponsor, the NFL sponsor was Boys and not Beats by Dr. Dre. So as I'm reading this, and this is what I'm thinking as I'm reading it. Now, it seemed along the way of Colin's athletic path that people try to encourage him to play baseball because they feel that that might have been a better sport for him. And he seems like he wanted to play football. I mean, that's where his passion was at. And he just kept going into that direction. And... I am very ignorant when it comes to sports. I mean, I'm not very familiar with the hows and the whys, but I could just see the whats, you know. It seems to me the goal of every athlete is to either win a championship and or to get paid a lot of money. And in 2013... Colin was close at winning the Super Bowl by reaching the Super Bowl. And in the following year, he gets paid a ton of money. And then after that, it seems like that's where everything went downhill. Now, I don't know what his thought process is like. Only him and God know why the way the things they are. Now, Funk Son Ananias, I know that I am going in and out, and we are trying to work on this disconnection that we are having here. So that is why I may seem like I am repeating myself. Believe me, everything is fine. My head is good. My heart is good, and all I got to say, everything is all good. Now, let me go ahead and say this again, that when Funk Sun and I came up, what are we going to talk about with the next show? Show number two for FSA 87. You know, I came up, or we came up with that we need more Freds and less Collins. And let me explain that. What do I mean by less Collins? You know, Colin is basically the poster boy of athletics. 
His face is all over Nike. And he's getting paid a ton of money. I remember that when an athlete was a face of a major endorsement such as Nike, Reebok, or Coke, that they were usually like the dominant ones of their sport. And they would win championship after championship each year, like your Michael Jordan and your Tom Brady's. Those guys would be the face of products because they have a personality and they win. Well, after 2013, or should I say after Colin got his big contract, everything went downhill for him in terms of athletics. After he got his huge contract, he struggled that year. He had shoulder injuries. He had shoulder surgery. He had a knee surgery, and he had surgery on his thumb. So he had three surgeries going into either 2015 or 2016 season. So, you know, I could imagine that during that off season where he's had surgeries where he's not training, he's not preparing, and so he's got to come back. And all of a sudden, he used to be the man in San Francisco. And all of a sudden, he has to compete for his starting job. I know that the NFL is different like other sports, that the NFL could cut you at any moment, and then you are no longer getting paid. And out of the $126 million, he only got $13 million in signing bonus. Well, also in Wikipedia says that he went to college and he got his degree in business management. So I could only hope that he was smart and making sure that he kept his money so that afterwards he no longer has to get a job. Now, he might have done that, and he's a whole lot smarter than we think he is. Now, when it comes to him being a political activist, I tend to think that he is using it for his gain. Going back to him being the face of Nike, it was like he was not the face of Nike because he just won the Super Bowl or anything. I mean, he was no longer playing in the NFL. No one was signing him, and yet Somehow, he became the face of Nike, and he got paid a ton of money. Now, just like most people who don't pay attention to the NFL, which includes myself, just like people that did not pay attention to the NFL, like around 2016 when he decided to kneel during the national anthem is when people started to pay attention to Colin. They asked the question, okay, who is Colin? Colin, and I'm guessing I would not be surprised in that year that his jersey was in the top five, if not in the top one, because Colin was able to figure out a way how to connect to people emotionally, especially to poor black people. How can I connect to these people? 
you know. And so you start bringing up police brutality and there's an emotional attachment. And then also it's no longer about Colin playing for the NFL, but it's more about Colin stand up for poor people like you and me. And so Colin brings this storm of media attention, including the president. The president becomes an antagonist towards him. So there's divide between um, blacks, police, and then with this year with all the rioting and police brutality with George Floyd and all the others, even more so, Colin Kirkpatrick seems to have blown up even more. Now, last year, he was offered a tryout, and he did not like it being in a closed-circuit area. He wanted to do something out in the public. And so it seems like Colin's trying to control the narrative. And smart people do that. There's a bigger picture of what Colin's trying to accomplish. You know... I'm guessing that his end game is to milk the position that he is in. In other words, he's trying to make as much money as he possibly can. What? I thought Colin was a socialist Democrat. Well, like all big-time players in the Socialist Democratic, they are really closet capitalists. Let me repeat that. They are really closet capitalists. They love money. Just as much as the world's richest person does. They just use dumb and poor people to fill their pockets. Just like any other democratic slash socialistic player does. I mean, that's what Colin, he's playing the system. He's a smart person and he's using... Poor and dumb people's emotions to invest in him so he can get paid. I mean, that's all Colin's trying to do because he knew that he was on his way out of the NFL. And we know that he at least got $13 million from the $120 plus million contract. And he probably got a little more of that because he did play in some games and he was still with the team up until they cut him. Once they cut him, they didn't have to pay him no more. So Colin is a player that plays the system so he can make a lot of money. A person like that is very smart. And so Colin is just playing the system. Now, here's the reality. A person to 
even be at the least at Collins level play has very slim chances. Even if let's say Colin went to ColinKirkpatrick.com and he revealed his workout regimen and what he ate. I mean, if he revealed on what he did when he was a kid and all the way up till he got to the pro level, he provided that information out. And people were able to read and able to follow it. Still, people have a very small chance from going to high school, to college, and to pros. And here's why. Genetics. God has to bless you with physical genetics. About strength, speed, agility. I mean, you just have to have the gift. And yes, hard work does factor in it. You look at a basketball player like Michael Jordan, who is one of the most talented, if not the most talented basketball players that ever lived. And yet it's well known that he worked harder than anybody else to stay on top. So yes, I do understand that there's that work ethic and it is hard to be a professional athlete because it's so competitive. I mean, Colin is an example. One minute you are the San Francisco's darling because you took him to a Super Bowl. And the next minute you're yesterday's meet. I mean, that's the way professional sports works. When you can no longer perform at the level that they expect you to, they get rid of you. It is no different than any job. If you don't perform at a certain level at a job, then you put yourself in a position where the boss has to get rid of you. Now, in the next segment, I'm going to do a little more contrasting with Fred and Colin. So, stay tuned on FS87. Funk Son Ananias 87. And this is John Savage riding along. was a nice little break from the last segment and we are rolling on the third episode of fs87 it's called we need more freds and less collins 
In the last segment, my man John Savage broke down Colin Kilpatrick. And in this segment, he's going to compare him to Frederick Douglass. So my man John, take it away. All right. Thank you, Funk Son Ananias. And yes, it was a good break that we had. We got to have some coffee and some bread. And I feel ready to go. I am fuel and ready to roll. All right. Punk Sun is in the back and he is coordinating the sounds. All right. On FS87, we've been talking about we need more Freds and less Collins. In the last segment, we learned about Colin, or I learned about Colin. I mean, I have to admit that I had no idea that this guy had a 4.0 GPA. And that's very impressive, you know. I mean, think about being a college athlete, you know. You have not just responsibility, you know, with your athletic performances, but also academics. And I could imagine that... He did not need to have a 4.0 to continue play or even to stay on college. I mean, he probably could have had an average or below average, and he would have been able to still stay in academics and continue to play college sports. I mean, I also did not know that he played baseball and basketball. So him being able to play three sports at a college level gives you an idea of what kind of athletic ability that God has blessed him with. You know, so anyways, you know, like with Colin, with Frederick, I utilize Wikipedia. And Wikipedia gives general information and we are able to kind of formulate an opinion and get an idea of what kind of people they are according to Wikipedia. Now, let me go ahead and say that I am no way a historian. Uh, my study came in theology. I study about God. Well, If you're able to grasp God and who he is, then you can kind of get an idea on what people are like. Through the word, God reveals who he is and what people are like. Now, even though in the Bible they spoke a different language than us and their technology was different, they were still the same people as you and I. You know, when we came in this world, we inherit a sin nature. We all have a sin nature. So that's why we are imperfect people that make an imperfect earth. All right. Amen. I like that. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank by the blood of Jesus that we could have salvation. That's right. Amen. That's right, through the blood of Jesus, all can be saved. It doesn't matter what the color of your skin is, and it doesn't matter what your social status or what nation you came from. In the last book of the Bible, it's very clear that every nation, every tribe, and every tongue 
will worship Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Now, I've been listening to this other podcast, and this other podcast has been going through the book of Exodus. And we should know that the book of Exodus is about how God used Moses to deliver the Israelites from Egypt. Going through Frederick Douglass' upbringing sort of can be very comparable to Moses' upbringing. You know, Moses' family were slaves. So Moses was born into slavery. And yet long before Moses or even the Egyptians existed, God already had a plan to use Moses to deliver his people out of Egypt. And the way that God developed Moses was allowing him to spend the first 40 years of his life in Egyptian royalty. He was raised by the higher class of Egypt. That's where he learned how to write and that's where he learned all the things that one could learn in Egypt. I mean, at that time, Egypt was the world power. And part of being a world power was having the best education system a nation can have. And that part right there is comparable to Frederick Douglass. You know, when... Mo, when Moses' parents sent him in a basket down the river, the Egyptian princes saw him and took pity on him. The slave master's wife took pity on Frederick, so she started teaching him. She taught him the alphabet. And she read things like the Bible to him. Learning that about Fred, let me see how God gave him the gift of intellect. I mean, you think about it. With slavery the way it was, you know. I mean, how many slave owners' wives would teach the slaves like basic grammar you know how many would not very many because the slave owners knew that if the slaves became educated that would have been a problem for them now let's go in and talk about Frederick Douglass and when I'm talking about Frederick Douglass, I will mention Colin along the way. So we could compare apples to oranges. Now, let me just go ahead and draw out the similarities that I saw between Frederick and Colin. Both of them were not raised by their mother and father. Colin was adopted 
and Frederick was raised by his grandparents. So, during slavery, it was not unusual for slave owners to separate the families. You know, and, you know, Colin is white and black. With Frederick, what I found out from his parents, his mother was a mix of African and Native American. And Fred's father supposedly was white, according to some historians, you know. So both of them had some similarities. And when I found out that Frederick beat the slave owner so that the slave owner would no longer whip him, it kind of gave me imagination of what kind of athletic ability he has. You know, the best athletes in the world to me are combat athletes. They're the best athletes in the world. Fred, doing manual labor for the majority of from being a child and all the way up to being a teen, one could imagine what type of strength he has. You know, Brock Lesnar, the famous WWE wrestler that wrestled out of Minnesota, grew up on a farm. People that grow up on a farm has unique farmer strength. Now, Fred had no choice but to do farm work daily. And if he did not work up to a certain point, then the slave owners had every right at that time to beat him to death. So there was a standard where he had to work. And he probably had some fantastic physical genetic strength. Now, Colin, being able to play in the NFL, and while at college, he played in two or three sports, gives us an idea of what kind of athleticism that he had. That he was no average Joe at all. Reason why I'm kind of throwing out the similarities between the two because I find that very interesting. And now I'm going to go in and I'm going to talk about the life of Frederick Douglass. I'm going to get all the way up to the point where. He gets past the Civil War era and the slaves are free. And there's a time where him and John Brown met. But he thought that what John Brown was doing was not good. So he separated himself from it. Well, actually, through according to Wikipedia, he went to Canada for a while because he was feared that he might have been arrested just for associating with John Brown. Now, Frederick the Man, that Frederick the Man Douglas, 
because he was the man. He was the man that was way before his time. Fred was born as a slave. He was a social reformer, abolitionist. To those that don't know what that word means, that means he was against slavery, obviously. A lot of his work was focused on abolishing slavery in this country. Well, not only was he an abolitionist, he was also an orator. A orator was a person that gave speeches. We see that today in forms of acting. We see that in forms of a state's person speaking. He was also a writer. From observing information on Wikipedia, I realized that God gave him a gift of intellect that he used to overcome oppression for him and others. Now, I want to focus on the time when he was a slave. He was born as Frederick Augustus Washington. He was born on a plantation that was in Talbot County, Maryland. I believe that God blessed him with the gift of intellect. When he was 12 years old, the slave's owner's wife taught him the alphabet. She did that until the owner disapproved because he felt a slave being educated would lead to it a desire of freedom. If there's something that you can remember from this, then I would like for you to remember that education leads to freedom. The name of his master's wife was Sophia. And she taught him from the Bible. Now, these are things that Wikipedia was able to find from Frederick's autobiography. They learned that he learned to read from white children in a neighborhood. And he observed the writings from other men. Those were ways that he used to continue to learn even though his teacher stopped teaching him. Fred was able to take the basics of what he learned, and he was able to kind of figure out how he could build off from that. Now, that takes a high level of intellect. 
you know, when something is taken away from you, when you can no longer do, and yet you did not see that as the end, but you looked at other opportunities on where you can overcome. Now, even though someone stopped teaching him, he secretly taught himself how to read. He read from newspapers, pamphlets, and political materials, and book of every description. This led him to develop critical thinking. You know, at the beginning of this episode, we talked about Bubba. Bubba had this mentality that the only way out of poverty was through playing football. I don't know if he know who Frederick Douglass is. I mean, I hope he does. And I hope that someday... Or sometime soon that he could get a hold of his autobiography and be inspired. I hope that Bubba could see that education can lead him to freedom. And some people are saying, that's right, Bubba is going to go to college. <laughs> You don't need to go to college to grasp fundamental learning skills such as your alphabets, being able to read, and being able to do basic arithmetic. Remember, Bubba's district was in single digits when it came to math proficiency. So... How is he going to be able to read a contract when the NFL gives it to him? I mean, is he going to just going to sign whatever? But someone will say, oh, his agent will tell him. Well, if his agent knows that he can't read, you know, all the agents got to say, hey, listen, man, I don't want you to send these boring meetings, you know, do your own thing. The agent will give him some money to go somewhere else and says, agent will say, hey, listen, I got this, I got this. And the agent, you know, gets a number. He comes back to him and tells him the, the amount that he's going to make less and take advantage of him because he knows Bubba doesn't know numbers, you know. I hope that does not happen to Bubba because I truly do not wish anything bad upon people or most people. You know, I don't even know who Bubba is and... I hope that Bubba has a good life, you know. I hope for the best for him. You know, I will throw that out there. I hope for the best for him. I think that the best for him is to sit down and read about Frederick Douglass and let him see that there is another way to be free. And that is through education. I mean, if Fred can be free through the time that he was in, then Bubba can definitely be free. It can be done. Now, 
Fred not only hogged the learning to himself, but he distributed to others. When he was 12, he started teaching other slaves to read. The way that he did it was that he taught at Sunday school. He taught over 40 slaves on how to read from the New Testament of the Bible. He did that for six months. And that ended when other slave owners found out and they riot the place. You see, these slave owners has a lot in common with the far-left Democratic Party. The far-left Democratic Party does not want poor people to be educated because they will realize they no longer need them. For the left Democratic Party to exist, they need poor and dumb people to be enslaved under them. Now, Frederick Douglass was born in 1818. And because of the time, it was very hard to figure what month and date he was born. So later, Fred just chose February 14th. He chose Valentine's Day. I guess that's an easy way to remember your birthday. That's cool. Well... In 1833, after they found out Fred was educating other slaves, he was sent to a slave owner that was a poor farmer. Yet the slave owner was known to break the souls of slaves. So when he went back there in 1833, he was 16 years old. The slave owner tried to break his spirit with whippings. Eventually, he fought back with a physical confrontation. And he was never whipped again. He said, Fred said it changed him into a brute. He realized that he could stand up against anyone. You know, Colin talks about being raised under oppression. <laughs> yes, racism still exists. And it will continue to exist until Jesus returns with his kingdom. Racism is hatred. That comes from a person's heart. The only way that can change is when a person has a heart change by receiving the blood of Jesus. Only by through the blood of Jesus can we overcome hatred. Hatred 
slash racism will never be defeated with man's law. The only thing that man's law can do to combat with racism is continue to make more laws until the point that society cannot have a freedom to think for itself. Man cannot play God and man cannot judge man's heart accurately. Only God can. You know, I mentioned about Moses, you know, the Egyptians owned slaves. In the early 1900s, Japan occupied China and Korea. Today, there is slavery that still exists. So what I'm getting at is that racism is still an issue. Even while that is going on, the United States has made more progress than majority of the other nations. Now, has the United States completely solved its racial issues? No. We're not even close to there. But we're still better. You know, Colin, I don't think would have made it in Frederick's time. I think Colin would have broken a long time ago. You know, when the going got tough for him, he broke. After he got his huge contract, he failed to live up to the expectation, which was why later he was benched. Now, you could have said that he did not play well because he had surgeries. Yes, he did have surgeries and later faded. You know, Michael Jordan, you know, was not supposed to come back and play for the season that he got injured. Management wanted him to sit out. Doctors felt that if he did go play on his leg, that he has a chance to break it again. And I think the chances, I'm not sure what the chances were of him breaking it again, but Michael took that chance, and he got his team into the playoffs. Michael Jordan is a great example of an athlete that's mentally tough. It's fair to say that Colin did not have that. If he did, then he most likely would have been playing for an NFL team. If he was at a star level like a Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, meaning that's the productivity that he brings, some team would have signed him or the 49ers would have resigned him. And he, 
I promise you, if he was playing at that level, I think he would have never took the knee. He would never have shined on police brutality because he didn't need them. Colin was on his way out because he was not mentally tough. If he was not mentally tough to play in a country that has made a lot of progression in human rights, then he would not have made it during Fred's time where a black man did not have any rights at all. I mean, Fred was not even allowed to be educated, and he was not even allowed to educate others. Yet Colin received a free public education. God blessed him with an athletic ability that allowed him to go on to college and play, and he was able to put himself in the position to go play in the NFL. I mean, minimum wage in the NFL is pretty good from what I've heard. It's better than the average man and what he makes in a year, you know. So Colin had it made. You know, he had a bachelor's degree in business management. Now, earlier on, I was talking about the far left. The far left has intoxicated the education system. Colin thinks a certain way because of the education system. The education system is not really education. They don't teach them to think critically. You know, earlier on, I was talking about how Fred was learning to read from newspapers, pamphlets, and political materials that led him to develop critical thinking. Well, when Fred was 12, he had developed his view on human rights and freedom from critical thinking. Now, understand, there was no one around him that taught him on how he should think. I mean, the white man was no way near. Black people couldn't educate him. Fred developed his own critical thinking. Now, Colin may think that he has critical thinking, but in reality, he only cares about himself, and he's using Black Lives Matters as an ends to justify his means, and that is him getting paid a lot of money. Now, I'll give Colin a little credit. That does take some intelligence to be able to pull that off. But he was never oppressed. Now, he might have experienced some racial tension along the way, him being mixture, and me personally being of a mixed race. I, too, have experienced racial prejudice, and I'm going to experience that, you know, But by the strength of God, I know that I can overcome. I can still love my enemies just as Jesus loved his enemies. And I can learn from history uh, the mistakes that man has made. And I have the freedom to do good. 
I have the freedom to be kind to my neighbor regardless of who and what they are. Now, we've been talking about Fred as a slave. And I want to transition from him being a slave to a free man. Now, his first wife, Anne Murray, was very influential in his freedom. Now, Fred tried to escape four years after he went to a new slave owner, and he did not succeed. He did not succeed until September 30th, September 3rd, 1838, and within less than 24 hours, he got to the safe house of abolitionist David Rugos in New York City. He became free when he got into New York City. Now, I want us to take a look and see what he did with his freedom. You know, he could have just rode off in the sunset. He could have left a quiet life. I mean, he was already educated enough just to get by. And he could have just lived a quiet life. And, you know, by all means, that would have been fine for him. Yet, he used what he had and he used it to help others. I mean, if Colin truly did care about racial injustice, I mean, if he really cared, then I think he would have found another way. I mean, the guy is smart enough. He had a 4.0 grade point average. He had a bachelor's degree in business management. And he made quite a bit of money from the NFL. Now, I'm not sure if the guy went bankrupt or not. But right now, he's got a ton of money, you know. And if he truly cares about racial injustice, then I think he could find other ways to resolve the issue. You know, Frederick Douglass, even though he was limited in what he could have done, I mean, it's not like Fred could have just gone to college, got a degree, and then later run as a congressman. (laughs) I mean... There's no way more that Fred could have done that during that time because he didn't have the rights. I mean, he was better dead than alive during that time. So Fred became an ordained preacher in 1839. And that's where he developed his orator skills. In 1840, he spoke in Elmira, New York. He later joined other organizations with a mission to abolish slavery. At 23 years old, he gave an eloquent speech about his rough life as a slave. And from there, he would give tour. 
He will go toward the country giving speeches about freedom. Not only was he an orator, he was also a writer. He wrote for the Liberator. His autobiography was published in 1845. It was reprinted nine times with 11,000 copies in circulation. Wow. You think about that time. And you think about what resources, what people were available to him to do that. I mean, it's not like Fred went to Harvard and then later got some sort of well-known job at a publisher. And then his writings began circulate because a lot of people knew who he was because he was popular. No, Fred had to do a lot of his work underground. And the fact that it was reprinted nine times meant that people got it, you know. And there was not enough for it to go around, so they had to reprint it again. And for it to sell 11,000 copies in circulation, I mean, I have no idea uh, what numbers like that are today. But I can imagine, you know, it's fair to say that 11,000 copies in circulation might translate it in, at least in the top five in the New York Times bestsellers list. Now, Fred's popularity drove fear into those that know him. They were afraid that his slave owners would try to recapture him. So they sent him to Ireland. And his experience as a legal freeman in the UK inspired him to return to the United States and help his brothers and sisters to be free. So he returned to the United States in the spring of 1847. You know, I'm not sure where Colin's head is at, you know. Now, I never shared uh, what my take was when he decided to kneel. I remember that time because that's how I found out who he was. And I wanted to read about it so I could formulate my own opinion about that. You know, United States, we have the First Amendment. We have the right to free speech. And sometimes that free speech can translate in protesting against patriotism. Now, when Colin took that knee, he got that advice from a military guy. He asked the military guy, what's a way to where I could protest where is not that offensive and that, you know, get my message across board. And the guy said, you should take a knee. Now, knowing to have any hindsight, you know, and a lot of people that wave the flags and they're high on nationalism, of course, they're going to say that it is completely wrong that he shouldn't do that. Now, to that I say, well, that is your opinion 
you know. Now, remember, all the professional sports like MLB, Major League Baseball, NBA, and NFL, they're all paid by the Pentagon to promote patriotism. So they are using our tax dollars to pay these already multi-billionaires to promote patriotism. Now, if these teams were truly patriotic, then they should do it without having it paid by our federal government. Now, that's my opinion about that. Now, I am no socialist, and I have no idea what's the best way to reveal racial injustice throughout the country. I mean, I have no idea. I'm not sure that if taking a knee where thousands of people are watching is the best way to address racial injustice. I mean, has it changed anything at all since then? No. Has BLM changed anything since George Floyd and more black people have died? No. They just have used that to continue to riot and loot. Their message has been diluted a long time ago. You know, if Frederick Douglass would have decided to riot and loot, would he have been able to do what he has been able to do as an orator, as a speaker? Probably not. I mean, honestly, the slave owners would probably have hung him a long time ago, and his racial justice um, crusade would have ended, you know? And so what I'm getting at, what Colin can learn from Fred is there are ways to get your message across without violence, such as rioting and looting. Now, I know Fred has not done it, but he has been very influential for BLM. You know, now, the flip side of that, I know during the Civil Rights Movement that the police officers retaliate with tear gas and things like that. And I believe that the police should not be defunded. And at the same time, I don't believe the police should have as much authority as Joe Biden gave them while he was a congressman. I think the police officer and like the civilian should uphold the U.S. Constitution. He should uphold the U.S. Constitution. Now, I realize I've been going for over 40 minutes. And what I like to do, F.S. Funk Son, 
is I like to take a little break to wet my whistle. So is that all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go ahead and kind of wet your whistle and don't worry, I got you, brother. We'll take a little break and we'll talk more about Fred and Colin on FS87. what I said towards the end of the last segment because I can't quite remember. Can you remember what I said at Funkson? Nah, not really. I gotta play it back. Uh, don't worry about that. If I repeat what I said, then that is okay. Double the hearing. That way you can remember. Now, I was talking to, I was comparing... Fred to Collins, and Fred, I mean by Frederick Douglass. You know, Frederick Douglass, yes, now I remember, you know. And I will shorten where I left off. You know, if Colin truly cares about racial injustice, and he had a deep understanding on why there's racial injustice and how there could be a better way to make progression. I mean, yes, progression has been made in racial injustice, but that doesn't mean that it's the best or it couldn't be better. I mean, we are imperfect human beings that will make imperfect laws. Imperfect laws will lead to an imperfect nation. All the nations on the earth are imperfect. Some are more imperfect than others, and some are less imperfect than others. I feel the United States falls in the less than imperfect than others. I mean, the evidence of that is that people of other nations are still trying to come to the United States, you know, they know that the United States has the best opportunity for them to better their lives. And Colin lives in that. His life is the way it is because the country that he lives in. If he lived in a country that matches his far-left think tank, then he would have never been in the position that he is in now. He is in a position, or he was in a position 
that could have really put him and others that want to crusade against racial injustice. I mean, you know, change the laws. I mean, go to law school, get a law degree, and study law the way that you study your playbooks. Compete against other lawyers that has opposite viewpoints and battle in the courtroom. That's why we have a courtroom so that way a citizen can defend itself without being brutally punished like in communist countries such as China. I mean, if Frederick Douglass was able to use his speaking and writing skills to influence the thought of the United States into abolishing slavery, then Collins certainly can use the skills that he has to make changes about racial injustice. I mean, if Colin truly cared about racial injustice, then I think he would have found a better way. You know, Frederick Douglass once thought that the U.S. Constitution was pro-slavery. But later, when he examined it closely, he realized that it was not. He used that document to help him promote anti-slavery. Douglas believed that education was the best way to freedom. In a nation that is a republic, education is the best way to freedom, and it's the best way to overcome oppression. Now, that does not mean that you need to go to college to be educated. In fact, it's fair to say that the most educated people probably did not go to college. Education is not being able to recite what you hear, but it's able to critically analyze something and be able to come up with your own view. Now, your own view could be influenced by the thoughts of others. I mean, you hear Facts, I mean, facts are facts. Gravity is gravity, which means that no matter how you feel about it, that it's going to pull you down. Facts are facts. One of the facts that's universal is that God has given us all a desire to be free 
even if we are free, we are still a slave. We are either a slave to sin, in other words, pleasures of the flesh, or we are a slave to righteousness. That righteousness comes from Jesus when we are saved. It's through his power and authority that we can practice righteousness. The fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, joy. With love and peace, I could live in harmony with anyone. I could practice doing good towards them, and that has no law. That has no law. We are we have the desire of being free. The question is, when you know that you are free, what do you do with that? You know, Fred, you know, Fred was free when he got into New York City. And he could have lived a quiet life. Him and his wife with their new identities could have just lived quietly and probably would not have to do anything. Yet, they used their freedom to help others get their freedom. Frederick Douglass was very influential in the abolishment of slavery. Now, when that happened, did our country get better in racism? No, they were not even near to what they could have been. And the United States is still no way near, but they have made progression. You know, Bubba and Colin have all received a free public education. Now with Bubba, because the far left has took hostage of his town has not taught him anything at all. On the other hand, with Colin, you know, Colin, you know, he went to a university. He got his bachelor's degree. He went on, he played the NFL, and he has had success. Yes, he has had success. I mean, if you looked at objectively... I mean, how many people can play in the NFL? Not very many people. I mean, they have athletes that separate them from the average Joes, which is why people will pay them a ton of money because not everyone's going to have those kind of skills. And so he did take his team to a Super Bowl. I mean, how many um, people have gone to the Super Bowl? I mean, if you look at all the NFL players that have played, I mean, not much. I mean, Super Bowl is played by two teams. And 
teams have to play a certain amount. They have to play 16 games. And then in those 16 games, they have to qualify to make the playoffs. And in the playoffs, they have to win to stay in so that they could play for the Super Bowl. I mean, playing in the NFL or playing on a professional level is no joke. I mean, you have to have good athleticism. And, you know, you have to train right. You have to eat right. I mean, you have to do a lot of things right. And even if you do a lot of things right, that doesn't guarantee that you're going to have success. And so, Colin, to be able to have success is impressive. He's had opportunity. Bubba has opportunity. But we don't need any more Collins. I feel that we need more Freds. People that take Fred's route where they utilize education as a way to overcome oppression is the best way for freedom. Education is one of the best ways to freedom and you don't have to be free from being the next big thing. And I'm out. Oh, man. John, John. You brought it. You brought it, brother. You brought it. You know, that's right. Only through the blood of Jesus can you be truly free. Like he said, you're either a slave to sin or you're a slave to righteousness. And I would rather be a slave to righteousness so that I could live forever free in Jesus. Amen. Now I want to add this from a proverb. You know, it says you can't give a fool money. We see what money does to fools. We see what it does when they get it. They can't keep it. They will lose it somewhere, somehow. Because they ain't wise. You need God's wisdom to navigate this cruel and twisted world. You need God's wisdom. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I'm not sure what we're going to do for the next episode of FSA 87. Funk Sun and Nice 87. But when I have the idea... And or John gets the idea. We'll be bringing it on the next FS87. And we out.